Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Nobody Asked Our Opinion. I'm Joanna. And I'm JJ. And welcome to our podcast, where we sit down and talk about all things pop culture relevance, because nobody asked for our opinions, but we're going to give it to you anyway. Yeah, we don't care. We're just going to give it to you. (laughs) So let's start off our day. We're going to talk about uh, what's been happening lately. Uh, JJ, what's something exciting that's happened in the news? Well, I don't know about y'all, but I've been just inundated on Instagram and Facebook about this Lil Nas X music video. If you hadn't heard, it is... I forget the title now. It is called... Montero, Call Me By Your Name, which is a, I think is literally about the book that that guy wrote that made the movie with the guy jacking off into a peach. Well, Montero is actually Lil Nas X's real name. Oh really? Yeah. So call me by your uh, call so, me by your name is Montero is his like, name. Lil Nas yeah. X is the name that we give him. <clears throat> Got it. And I so at first I did some research. I watched the video like six times in a row because I was like, why do people care? <laughs> it's actually not that bad. I thought Lady Gaga's Alejandra video was actually a little bit more offensive to like the church. Oh, for sure. I mean, rosary beads. Rosary beads were not meant for that. I think Madonna's. Uh, what is it like a prayer it was m- way more offensive t- at the time for the religious community yes but and a, bla- a, a black Jesus <gasps> no gasp. gasp gay gasp so Lil Nas X has said that this is a song that is a message to his younger self to not be ashamed of being gay and the video is showing how people are too quick to judge which, ironically, everybody did by judging on the fact that he was twerking on the devil, who was actually himself. Lil Nas X played all of the characters in this video. He did. He was very all the, the fallen angel and the creepy snake thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, one, people just need to calm the fuck down. It was not that bad. Yeah, I, th- I was expecting like almost like a, a male version of the WAP video. Like something like, it was just like bulges dangling from Oh, at this point I was expecting fully erect penises just (laughs) popping out and Satan, like, you know, sucking a dick or something. It was not that. No, it was so much more tame. And I I read an article where he said that um, that it was him kind of taking uh ownership and like you know gay people for the longest time have been told you know you're going to hell you're gonna you know eternal damnation and you know you're gonna be tortured in the fiery pits of you know all that kind of jazz and so he's like yeah i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna fucking enjoy it because why not absolutely and we and straight people are like no we can't have that no not all straight people. I take offense to that. <laughs> well, all the all the straight people that commented and was like, "This is ridiculous and offensive." Were, were like, "No, you can't. You can't enjoy your internal damnation. It's not. That's not the point. The I mean, point is to scare you into being straight because that's the good. That's good." Yeah. No. Um, most religious straight people are strange. So um, I say, uh, Montero, Lil Nas X. You live your best life because I support it. And actually, after watching that video and listening to the song so many times, I'm like, it's actually a really good song. I'm really enjoying it. Like, the beat yeah. is ready. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, that's going on my playlist. I liked it better than that dumbass old 
country road song <laughs> that couldn't that would not die. That's because nobody understood hip hop and country, even though Nelly did it first. Yeah, Nelly and who was it? And Tim did it better. Was it Tim McGraw? Yeah, because they did it better. Because that was a, that was a bop though. That was really good. Over and over again. Yeah, no, that was it. That was it. It's in, it's in my head. I hate you for always. Let's move on before I sing the whole song. <laughs> before we just go out and choreograph dance numbers. Let's talk about SNL for a moment. I know where you're going. Bo and Yang um, went off on a wonderful, wonderful little side trail of the Stop Asian Heat and on the weekend update. The way people were making it out, I was expecting it to be really like him popping off, but it was really done in a, you know, a humorous way as far as what he brought up. But it was also very telling. It was, how can we stop Asian heat? I know. Tell your Asian friends that you think they're cute. Tip your manicurist. We support the lesbians in Sailor Moon. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, yes, this is totally preventing people from punching Asians in the face on the street. (laughs) Well, I... and. Uh, have you like listened to a lot of Bo and Yang? Like he has a, he has his own podcast with uh, uh, Matt Rogers, and they do like uh, they just like talk about random stuff. And the speech that he gave on SNL was very attuned to like a v- very typical Bo and Yang. Like just like that's kind of like how he talks. Like the, it wasn't necessarily like him proselytizing like on a soapbox. It was just him being like. Hey, America, can you, like, stop being dicks? Yeah, no, the message came across so loud and clear, and I really appreciated it. And I think that it's really sad and depressing that we live in a world where we have to be like, hey, don't punch people in the face because they're a different race. Like, we just spent an entire movement this past year reminding people that black people are people that matter. Right. And now we're like, oh, by the way, Asian, pe- Asian people are also people that matter. God. And what he said was uh, 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 the biggest point that he was trying to make was that, yes, you can do like, you know, tip your manicurist extra or, you know, do all those kind of like minute things. But also just just do more and be better. Yeah. Um, you know, Call out people when they're, you know, saying something that's ridiculously offensive to Asian people. Or if you see somebody, like, treating somebody in, uh, you know, a wrong way. Like, do something about that. Don't let that, don't let that behavior kind of get reinforced in the, in the culture. Because it's, it's been happening for years. It's just like with the Black Lives Matter movement. It wasn't, it's not a recent thing. These things have been happening for, I mean, for black people, hundreds of years. But, like, arguably, between the forced internment of the Japanese Americans during, uh, was it World War Two? World War Two, yes. Um, the, you know, use of Chinese Americans to, uh, you know, their slaved labor to create the railroad system in the U.S. Like, Asian Americans have been also kind of shat on. Oh, no, absolutely. And actually, I watched this, a long video. It's a little over an hour long 
But Eugene Lee Yang from the Try Guys posted this beautifully long video just educating people on what Asian Americans have gone through coming to America and living in America and even to the point to where your stereotypes that you're trying to say are, oh no, but that's really an uplifting stereotype, like saying, like, you know, Asian kids are good at everything. Um, Well, it's because that they were forced into this group to say that for you to stay here, you need to be the symbol of what it means to be an immigrant in America. And if you fuck up even a little bit, we're going to destroy you. So there was this fear, which is why there is this inherent belief that Asian parents are harder on their kids because they want them to live their best life because they were living in fear for so long. And then to take that as a joke later is really just systemic racism yeah it's it's diminishing a whole group of people's struggles and experiences my mom is a filipino uh she you know she was from the philippines i was born in the philippines i'm a filipino american and my entire life it was like we came to the u.s so that you can lead a better life like i came here so that you can do better and so like from you know from the get-go if i wasn't like not that I'm saying, I, or maybe I am saying I have a complex that, like, you know, I have to be the best at everything and I have to do, I have to get all the good grades and I have to be, because I was carrying the dreams of my mother on my back in addition to trying to find my own way. Um, you know, from the, from a super early age, my, my mom was like, oh, you're gonna, you're going to, you know, grow up and you're going to be a, a really successful and you're going to, you know, go to college and get a degree and you know, do all these wonderful things. And I did. I, I, I have a degree and I'm doing well in my life. It's not the exactly uh, what I think my parents would have thought I would be doing. No, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Um, I went to college initially as a like pre-med bound biology student and very quickly turned into, oh, I'm going to be a musician. <laughs> I'm going to do music for the rest of my life. But let's be real. That's the real American dream. That's what everybody thinks that they can do. So, I mean, you still fulfilled that promise. You just did it in the non-traditional expectation from an Asian family. Yeah, and I think ultimately the ideal... It's a, the whole American dream... Uh, idea is kind of old-fashioned anyhow in the sense in the sense that like you know you come from in the whole story of like an immigrant coming into the u.s with like you know pennies to their name and then they make a then they make a living and uh, you know really prosper and that kind of thing it's i think there's there's other ways i think that immigrant children and immigrants can be successful and it's not just like your traditional like oh you become a doctor even though that tends to be the path for a lot of for a lot of immigrant, uh, you know, Asian, Asian children, they, uh, I can't tell you how many t- of my Asian students that, uh, you know, contact me after college and like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm in medical school now, or yeah, I'm a, I'm a registered nurse now, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, you do you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was the the biggest point in that, in Bowen's speech was that we can. There are ways that we can 
support the community and be better about it. Um, I have I pulled up um, a Harper's Bazaar article that just lists a litany of like different support groups that you can uh, donate time and money to, and and they're all all super varied. It's not just your typical like Asian American. Uh, like or they're, they're specific like Southeast Asian um, uh, organizations that help try to you know uh, quell human trafficking and things like that because India is in Asia, y'all. I mean, shocker. <laughs> shocker. The Indians are Asian as well, and uh, it's not just you know China or Japan. Like that's only a part of it. There's a lot of multi. My brother and sister and I refer to ourselves as being Filipinos as like the Mexican of Asia <laughs> because we're very the Filipinos we brown and half of our language is bastardized Spanish anyhow we like to call ourselves the the Mexicans of Asia in, in that in that sense I mean whatever And so does Cards of America uh, Cards Against Humanity I think there's a Cards Against Humanity card that says Filipinos, the Mexicans of. Oh well, if it's in Cards Against Humanity, then it's automatically canon for. Absolutely, life. yeah, yeah, because the, the, they got it right. Absolutely. <laughs> Along with you know, Daniel Radcliffe's asshole. <laughs> and bees. Bees? Question mark. Bees. Fabulous, but please um, check out the website, donate where you can, and um, just be a better human. Just be better people, like, just. just I don't understand why people are just just so rude and disrespectful for no reason other than their own bullshit. I mean, I same. It's, let's let's lighten up our mood a little bit because no. I'm a little depressed now. Um don't worry. have you seen the new designs for the postal trucks? <laughs> okay. So I I I read this article. These are not happening anytime soon. They're, these are new designs that are supposed to be rolling out in like 2023 or some dumb shit like that. That's soon enough. I, I, this, this whole year felt like 20, so it, it, could, it could very well be in, in next decade for all, all we can really, <laughs> for all our intents and purposes. But uh, the new postal trucks... Uh, have this brand new design and y'all they literally look like cars from the cars movie like they have these giant ass windshields that could like be eyes and they're it's like really silly like ridiculously silly looking no but i'm here for it but also not because this could just be the beginning of the end of our humanity because it is the theory that cars is really the apocalyptic future of our world. And that's how they get us with the post trucks. They start with the postal the post trucks the postal and trucks. they start get, be, like gaining human consciousness and that's what it's going to become and it's going to start with these postal trucks. So I'm either going to live my best Pixar fantasy or we're all going to die. <laughs> or we're all going to die. But, you know... They're like really boxy too. Like if you see pictures online, they're very like... It, they look old. Like how like... When I think of like old designs of like cars back in like the eighties, they're very like angular. Ew, you just called the eighties old. I know. Gross. Uh, every time I, I see it all the time on Instagram, 
because I refuse to download the TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> never. Never, never, ever. But I see it on like the Instagram reels where like some person's like, you know, pretending to buy alcohol and they reach for their ID and the person like quickly gives it back to them and they're like, Oh, you're not gonna check my ID? They're like, Oh no, I did. I saw the number nineteen I saw the nineteen in your birth year and I'm like, Holy fuck, that's right. Anybody who's over the age of twenty one at this point has two thousand in their birth year. Like Oh, as of right now, yeah, at 21, at like 21 is starting this year, so. So if you're, if you have a 19 in your, that automatically makes you older. I wonder if anybody in like the cusp of like going from like the 1800s to the 1900s went through the same existential crisis that we're going to, or were they just happy to be alive? I think the fact that they just weren't dying of like, just left and right of dysentery and just like the plague. You do realize though that the Roaring Twenties were 1920, right? But like, you said 1800s. 1800s to the 1900s. So like people who were born in like 1880 who then were living in 1920, like us. Oh, I was thinking like literally like 1800. <laughs> That's not a turn of the century. <laughs> it's of, of, of one of the centuries. It's one of the centuries, but how would you get born in 1800 and then live to see the year 1900? Not at all. Not at all. Use your ears and listen, please. I refuse! (laughs) Alright, we're going to segment into our next segment. I use segment twice. I'm so smart. I'm good at (laughs) podcasting. And the English! (laughs) Please forget that I'm an educator. (laughs) Um, So we're going to start with our Drag Race 20. So anybody who knows JJ and I personally... Um, which honestly isn't that many of you. Um, we have no friends. <laughs> the vast majority of my friends are in this room, and that includes our producer. And my dogs. <laughs> and, I'm just missing your boyfriend, and then I have most of my friends. Um, so, but JJ and I can talk about Drag Race for like hours. And by hours, I mean we have literally watched an episode of Drag Race and have been done with it at like 11 p.m. And ha- I have left his apartment at like 3 a.m. And we have done nothing but talk about Drag Race. For a good like solid five hours. Just continuous. However, we don't expect you to listen to us ramble for five hours because nobody deserves that kind of punishment. So we're just going to give you a little taste of our Drag Race insanity. So welcome and- to the Drag Race 20. 20 minutes of us talking. I have set my timer when I press start. We will begin talking about the last episode. Spoilers ahead, by the way. If you haven't watched the... What was it's the episode? roast episode. The roast episode. I was like, what was it? All I, I was like, all I have is like Rosé looking like the like cool devil thing. I was like, that was two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago. <laughs> um, it's because I'm blocking out most of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're, um, but I'll set a timer. We'll talk uh, 20 minutes about the roast episode and possibly go into other things. So also precursor spoiler for Drag Race UK season two, just in case. And anything beyond that, if you haven't watched it, that's on you. <laughs> we, we're not responsible for your knowledge. Okay. Just be better. <laughs> All right. So when the timer goes off, though, even if we are mid-sentence, we will stop. And you will have to just either wait for our next podcast yeah. segment or... Or uh, demand that we release more, and maybe we will uh, find a outlet for that on YouTube or a Patreon if y'all are 
interested enough with us. I don't. I have zero expectation on this. Okay, <laughs> three, two, one, start. Okay, we are timered. Okay, I'm gonna say this right off the bat. This is one of my favorite episodes this season by far. Oh, it was brilliant, but like I said, I'm also blocking out portions of it. But I, but not. That's the reason why it's so good, because it is so. There are moments of utter cringe. So let's starting. So let's start with. Um, the mini challenge. That was the best mini challenge I've ever seen in ever, my entire life. Ever. Like, so the, what they had to do was in, so like one of the queens would just, will, uh, they're trying to sell some sort of like makeup product. Uh, it was Anast- just, it, it's Anastasia Beverly Hills. Yeah, and she. Because she was there. Because she was there and of course. And so they had the partnered the queens up and one of them had to act like their arms while they tried to demonstrate, make do like a makeup tutorial using the Anastasia yeah. product. It was very whose line is it anyway, and I was very much here for it. And like I died when, uh, so I think it was Simone and Utica where Simone dips or Utica dips her <laughs> finger in the powder and just like, oh no, it's it was Utica and Gamek and Gamek, yeah, and dips her finger in the powder and then like just like shoves it in Gottmik's mouth and just like eats the fucking powder. Yeah, no, and it was hysterical because Gottmik is like as tall as me and I'm like 5'3". And And Utica's like like, 8,000 feet tall with like giant arms. Yeah, so just the, just seeing like go-go gadget arms come out of tiny little Gottmik's body was hysterical in itself. And then Utica is fucking batshit crazy, which I'm here for. Oh my God. Because like... Some of my favorite queens are batshit crazy, aka Katya, Tammy Brown. <laughs> They're like I, I I live for that. Uh, Thorgy Thor, yeah. um, otherworldly alien creatures. Yeah. Oh yeah. A side note: um, Bob the drag queen and Thorgy Thor talking on first first impressions is my is my mood. <laughs> That's I I want all of it all the time. But I digress. But so yeah, no, the mini challenge was great. Uh, Rose and Candy won, which was. I, was, I mean, they fl- anybody they, could have won. They could yeah. they flipped a coin. They're like it was so good. Today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Rosé and Candy won. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm okay with this. The real treat was us getting to watch it. Yeah. I hope they do more. Um, and then we get into them. Uh, oh yeah, and then Rosé and Candy decide that they're going to put a roast, uh, put the roast order together because that was their their, that was their, their prize. Prize, yes. And then they argue over who gets to go first, <laughs> and then who should go last. Like, <laughs> not like I'm going to go second to last, and you go second. Like they're arguing over the hardest positions on a lineup. I mean, I will say though, first isn't as bad, and if, for the exact reason that Candy said was because she was like. I know that my jokes are not going to be 100% like original and these other bitches are going to say a lot of similar things. So if I say it first, mines are, like, mines are already going yeah. to be that much funnier and they're going to have to adjust because I don't want to deal with that. And um, I will say bravo to Rosé for being like, you know what? I've been kind of playing it safe. I've been trying to be this perfect person. So I'm going to go last. And I'm mm-hmm. going to own it. And spoiler alert, she does. She does. Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, they both kill it. They do. They both kill it. and Which is so funny because this exact challenge on the UK season two was an utter like shit show of drama because the queen that t- chose the lineup decided oh, to put... <laughs> poor Ellie. Decided to put her competition in... What is it? 
she put a hora last. No, she put uh, no, she put a hora. No, she was she opened. She, she put a hora first and then went immediately after her because she goes, "This bitch isn't funny. I'm going Absolutely. to do um I'm going to look amazing after her." And then she put Taste last because Taste also was going to be riding that struggle bus. Riding the struggle bus and then putting... And, and uh, then the two funny bitches were the ones that like, what? Well, actually, it wasn't even to the two. It was Lawrence. Bless yeah, her soul. Lawrence and O'Hara were getting so butthurt. And it was I just thought it was like it was so funny that like... Oh, yeah. The U.S. season, it was just like this easy, like, oh, we'll, we'll do the hard work. You guys can be in the middle. And the, uh, the exact opposite yeah. happened on the U.K. season and like caused a shitstorm. <laughs> But both were top-notch episodes. Oh, they were so good. Although, I will say the comedy landed a little bit better in this one because there were still at least a couple other people in the room, whereas the UK girls, those four girls got crickets. They should have changed that challenge. It should have been anything else. Literally anything else. (laughs) So we're back from COVID, so um, we can't have an audience. Here's some blow-up dolls. Be funny! (laughs) Be funny now. (laughs) I'm sorry, I need at least one other person laughing because, like... The you need judge, that energy. Like, I mean, granted, Michelle Visage, bless her heart, she tried. She was like, "I'm gonna laugh even though it's not funny because I I feel bad for you." Like they could have, they should have put pr- the production crew in there. Or so, yeah, like, they, they could have had all of the cameras absolutely. up there, like had two camera operators doing their thing. I mean, fucking Raven wasn't doing anything. That bitch could have been sure. sitting in there. Ruth's face was done. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, but you know. It is what it is. It is what it is. But, um, okay, so we have to talk about the best thing that happened in this entire episode, <laughs> which is, um, one, Utica's entire set was just batshit. But oh my two, God, so cringy. the best part ever was when she asked RuPaul to stand up. I screamed at my television. I literally stopped it went back, watched it again, because I was like, did this really happen? Or did I, like, zone out and imagine it? And and RuPaul, without skipping a beat, gives flips her the double bird and is like... And I, I guess I'm sure it, they blurred it out, but it, uh, at least in my... in my uh, Oh, no. The, so, um, so I watch it on UK Netflix because I don't have cable. Um, don't come at me. Um, so uh, UK Netflix definitely shows the flip-off. However, what she does next, which is truly probably obscene, completely blurred. Even the BBC was like, nope, (laughs) we can't show that. Oh my, okay. (laughs) So, um... And that was hysterical. I love, and like, Lonnie Love was laughing her ass off at Utica, and Utica's like, why are you laughing? Or or whatever, and Lonnie's like, you're "You're the one bombing! (laughs) And I'm like, screed laughing. It yeah. is so uncomfortable. It was just Utica. It, she did the same thing like Pheromone did, and just went mean instead of framing the joke in uh, you know in a way that like it came from a place of you know like respect and love. It, yeah, it was just like like she said herself. I was gasping at straws because I was it was clearly floundering, and she was. She was clearly yeah. floundering. Well, and I mean, and I think that like. In regards to, like, everybody coming for Utica saying, like, oh, she's this, like, teeny tiny little twink and now she's, like, fat shaming everybody and she has fat phobia. I was like, I don't necessarily think that that's what that is. I think that she just went for the low-hanging fruit because she doesn't, uh, she's not understanding comedy in that sense. And so it was... Oh, it's not traditional comedy. I think Utica is a funny queen. I think that her ideas are so, like, off, off the beaten path that... It doesn't read. It doesn't read really well. 
Well, no, but I think that, like, if she's not funny in, like, a roast setting. Mm, no. Like, like, it's, like that's not her setting to be funny. Because I do think she's, like, wackadoo funny. And I thought that if she had done, like, something that was just wackadoo, like, and made these, like, weird, like, it's still gone for, like, observational humor, which is what she said that she likes to do. But have, like, pointed out, like, the weirdest, like, bullshit, like, have been, like... Oh, uh, Nina West, we're so glad you're, uh, you're here. Um, I know you really want, like, and fully clothed because I know you really wanted to take your clothes off in season 11 because she wanted to have the naked part Mm -hmm. that Brooklyn had. Like, that would have been like, oh, that's a weird callback, but it would have been like, it still would have been funny and like good natured rib where if she did like cut deep or like somewhere, um, I don't know. Framing is everything. Um, and I thought Got Mick really rised to this challenge because I was also scared for her in this challenge as well. I I was nervous, but I was like, we can't have three bad people in the roast and just have like two good ones. Like there has to be somebody, although I will say, um, and this was an observation that somebody, I don't remember who had made, I saw like if somebody did a breakdown of how long all of the sets were and got Mick had the least amount of airtime. Oh, so, I, so they, so they she's just probably, gave her yeah. the best edit they, they possibly gave, could. They gave her the best edit they possibly could. I don't think it was done to be shady. I think it was just clearly some, like Utica and Simone were the worst. And uh, or, or possibly Olivia. Um, because Olivia was pretty down there also. And they're like, Gottmik might have had a couple clunkers that didn't quite work. But they're like, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't make sense in a narrative standpoint to show yeah. what she did bad. Did you have a favorite like roast joke? Um, okay, Simone. Mine. <laughs> okay, I, I will say one of my favorites was um, Simone was terrible, or not Simone. Um, Olivia was terrible, but when she said that RuPaul signed the is so old, she signed the Declaration of Independence as parent slash guardian. I was like, <laughs> that good. was original and clever because everybody's done old RuPaul like RuPaul's so old jokes, but I was like, I haven't heard that one yet. I'm a fan. That's your one funny joke. And you take that, Olivia, because I think that saved you from the bottom. Because honestly, I thought there was going to be a three-way lip sync. But I digress. What was your favorite joke? You took it. Oh, I did? You took it. (laughs) And we didn't even plan it. No, that was my favorite. I thought it was so... It was so clever. I I really liked Candy Muse's one, uh, her old joke. Like, I asked RuPaul to act her age. Bitch died. Died. Yeah. (laughs) But that was one that like I've heard before, and but it was so. But the delivery was really good. Oh yeah, she uh, delivered it really. Oh, she delivered all of her jokes really well. It and was, she, and she was so good with that super cinched in waist. I was like, girl, girl, where has that waist been hiding? What? what where, where did you like forget you packed that cincher? Because that looks great. Oh, for sure. And, like, no, her shape was on point. Um, I think I remember, uh, I think Bob the Drag Queen said that he wished that she had a little bit bigger of a titty, just to really proportionize Oh, give that. it like some ba-boom, yeah, ba-boom, to, ba-boom, Yeah, to really give it like some proportionizing, and I'm like, I could see that. But I'm okay with the way like she looked. I agree that with the judges when they said they wished her hair was a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, not by much. I wish it was just teased out just a little bit, just to give it a little lift, because even on like... A woman, I would want to have a little bit more lift because I don't like the hair that, like, when it flops down like that. But, um, no, Candy fucking killed it and she finally got her first win. Um, I think she's doing great. Um, which is funny because, like, early in the season, I wouldn't have pegged Candy as going this far. I was like, she's gonna peter out at some point. 
Oh, because she has such a strong showing at the beginning. But, like, at first I was like, I love this bitch. I'm here for this bitch. She's going to the end. And then, like, I don't know, four weeks ago in her, like, 15-year season, I was like, <laughs> oh, no, Candy's not going to make it to the end. But, like, bless her heart, she tried. But she's like, I'm like, other people are going to make it. Um, and then it didn't happen and now she's like fucking killing it again um also let's just say i'm so happy rose is still in this competition i was I, I not thought, expecting it i was I, not expecting it i thought that she i think that rose's time on like i wasn't i think that what i would have i'm trying to think back because again the season has been a decade long. Uh, if I thought that Rosé was going to be in the top, even the top five, um, I would have, I th- I think I would have pegged her at, at top five or uh, uh, top four or even top five. Oh, I thought they were going to give her the Jan edit and she was going to get ki- kicked out. I think that's season. why I think that, because I don't think that they were going to do the same Jan edit twice in a oh, in two seasons. Well, because it's her sister. So I figured either she was going to get the Jan edit or she was going to go really early. And I thought that the way that they were um, setting her up was a very, uh, very much of a, we don't like her. She's kind of bitchy. She's not going to go far, but she's very much warmed up. Yes. And has, and I've kind of looked back and thinking about it. I was like, oh no, she's just kind of like, she's a little abrasive, but I spent the entire time kind of going, why does everybody hate Rosé? Because I think she's kind of wonderful. She just has a pr- problem with tool. Oh my God, yes. Everything needs to have ruffles. So many ruffles. <laughs> All the sleeves need ruffles. Um, I just think that it's that perfectionism that she's been kind of battling this whole season where everything needs to be, like, she needs to put her best foot forward and mm-hmm. she's now she's really trying to, like, let loose and, you know, take the risks and, you know, just, just fucking have fun and really enjoy the time that she that she has there and enjoy whatever she's doing and really put that, um, that energy in her performances in the last few weeks. It's been that. No, I, I agree. And I think that I'm just, I'm so happy that she's there. And I mean, even though she did, she rode the struggle bus hard this last week, I'm still very excited that Simone has allowed all of these girls to compete on her drag race this year. Yeah, right. It was just really nice of her to share, share the spotlight, share the spotlight especially, especially this extra long season of just allowing these other girls to kind of shine and like show their best face because I mean, not everybody else would have been so kind if it, it was just, it was nice of her. Did you clock the fact that Simone was wearing a, a similar outfit that Rue has worn on the runway? Um, no, but now that you say it, I see it in my head. Although I will say, this was not my favorite look on Simone. I, it needed something more for me and I don't quite know what it was. It just something, maybe it was like the necklaces that didn't work. There was something about the way she looked that I was like... It, okay. could be, it could be the fact that, like, because I said, because, like I said, it's, it was a look that Rue did. Yeah. Rue pads all up on Yeah, all, all the things. Rue always comes out in full titty, and there was no, no And Simone, titties. Simone doesn't really do the padding or the titties. No. So that could, you could be missing the, sh- the va-va-voom shape. I think it was just maybe a little bit. Maybe, I, maybe, I, I think it needed, it did, it needed something up here because the gapping of the way the dress was, it wasn't working. Because of, like, it, because it was made for, 
a chest and Simone has no chest. So I think either she needed a pad up there or she needed to have it taken in on the sides a little bit more. So it would have laid flat like against flesh. her okay. and flesh against it. I think that's what it was. The gapping was bothering me. And, um, yeah, I mean, and I'm all for, you know, showing off your body as however you want, but like every once in a while, throw in a pad give me some shape just to mix things up a little bit. But like I said, Simone's fierce and she's going to win drag race and uh, mm-hmm. God oh, yeah. going to come in second place. Yep. Yeah. And honestly, whoever makes like, whoever makes it to the end is I, I would have said at the beginning that Olivia Lux is going to be like third place. And now I'm not so sure. Yeah. Cause she has been, she's been kind of, bombing the last couple of weeks her um like her her, her, her commercial her, thing her inexperience in drag is really or at least not even inexperience but her her lack of seasoning in drag is really starting to show because at that point on the first episode she said she'd been doing drag for 11 months yeah so like now that she's year. been dra- doing drag for like three years <laughs> on the show uh, on the show <laughs> she's learned some things so when she'll come back for all stars and be fine but um okay who do you think is going to be the top the the, the the top final four because we already have, we, we already know that simone's, simone's, winning. <laughs> simone's winning got makes coming second i'm gonna put um a Do I want Rosé or... Because who's left? I think it's... it's Rosé and Olivia and then and Candy. Candy. I'm going to put Candy top four, fourth, Rosé third, Gomic second. I, Simone. I think top. I agree with this. We will find out if we're correct. We kind of killed them. Was, we have been, but we have no podcast to show. To but, like, to actually like <laughs> to corroborate that. But yeah. we, we predicted both Denali and Tina Burner going home in the order that they did. And then we initially said that we thought that in this episode, Rosé was going to go home. This was three weeks ago, though. And then we, we did sit down. We did reestablish because we're like, oh, no. Things are starting to happen differently. Things are happening differently. And I think it was after Tina Burner got eliminated. eliminated. But we were looking. Did we say Utica was going home this week? Last time? I want to say it was. It could, it, I think, it could have been. It, could, it was either Utica or Olivia. I think we were yeah. bouncing back and forth. Um, which we weren't really wrong because, I mean, if Utica had done. Even slightly, slightly better. better. <laughs> yeah. oh, it would have been Olivia and Simone, and there's no way Simone was going home, even a little bit at all. No. Like, even a little bit at Production all. Production would work miracles and be like, oh, it's another double Shantae or some shit. <laughs> um, something happened. Make the season ten more years longer. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been an Aquaria edit for the finale. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that bitch tripped? It's okay, we'll just edit that out. We no. don't need to see it. No <laughs> worries. Like, and it's a double Shantae, guys. Aren't Whee! you so excited? And the audience is like, really? <laughs> yeah? Sure, why not? I don't know. Um, and then, oh, um... I, at some point we're getting all stars. We still haven't gotten a cast announcement, but I'm hoping it comes after Simone wins Drag Race because that girl deserves her moment. So maybe like a week after we can get that, and then we still I mean, don't have. Uh, I think what we should be getting a Espana cast announcement at soon. Some point we should be getting dates for Down Under soon. Oh dear, yeah. Um, and those. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, and there's already rumors going around about a international Ulster season. Have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And 
the the I have I saw like an article that had like rumored casting. Okay, so I've been I've 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 seen some rumored cast. Um, a bag of chips I think is basically confirmed because somebody leaked all of her or like uh, some of her outfits. Oh wow! Okay. And I was like, well, that's fucked up. So. Well, damn. Oh look. Oh well. Time's up. <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> Join us next week where we talk about more Drag Race on the Drag Race 20, and maybe we'll get through an entire conversation about the supposed international cast. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about, like, who won the lip sync or anything like that. Or who won, well, oh, well, for we, next we, time. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, we're done. All right, bye. Um, and on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And we're back. Wee. <laughs> so now we're coming to a segment that I feel like everybody will enjoy called JJ Plays Catch Up. So it's no secret that uh, though I do love all the things and all the movies and TV shows, I just got, I get caught up and I don't get I don't get to it in time. Like I just I just can't. I just it's it's a struggle. It really is. So. Um, like. I haven't even started, like, Bridgerton. I haven't even looked at Queen's Gambit. Like, I just, I'm, uh, the fact that I'm caught up on the things that I'm caught up on now is a goddamn miracle. It's because I've made you. <laughs> and it's only because you've been like, we're watching this right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so... On, we will take just a few moments just to uh, catch everybody up on where JJ's catching up on. And we are watching uh, The Mandalorian Season 2, which the finale was in, like, December? And I just started this, I just uh, finished Episode 2! Yay! <laughs> I made so much progress, y'all! And that, that that has taken you, like... Three weeks! <laughs> three weeks to watch two episodes. Because I'll, I'll watch half an episode, fall asleep, wake up, and like, oh, damn, I didn't finish that episode. And then come back to it maybe a half week later. <laughs> but, um, okay, so notable things that have happened in the first two episodes of season two. So episode one, we had the giant monster thing. It was the thing. giant monster thing. Mandalorian dude and uh, baby... I almost called him Baby Groot. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no. no. Don't cancel me. (laughs) (laughs) Too late. Everybody unsubscribed. (laughs) All... (laughs) I I unsubscribed for myself. (laughs) So we get uh, Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian are trying to find other Mandalorians? Yes. Is that what I'm guessing? Because he needs to drop off said baby? Yes. And this is need, all from protection. my yes. This is all of my knowledge that I've gained from watching recap of like YouTube videos because it's been so long I've forgotten what happened <laughs> in these episodes. But yes, um, the baby Yoda is force sensitive and needs training, and therefore needs they need to find other Mandalorian who can get them in contact with the Jedi. Yes, that is correct. And so now. Uh, it, they, he like gets intel from, uh, is it from who he gets intel from? I don't remember who. Uh, that there may be Mandalorians on Tatooine. And you're like, I know that place. And I was like, I remember that. That's a thing in the Star Wars universe. Um, and uh, can I say that like 
I appreciate Amy Sedaris in any role, in anything. Absolutely. Like, I love the fact that she just randomly pops up in Star Wars and be like, I'm a kooky, like, mechanic thing that yells at my robots. I'm like, yes, please. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) So he talks to Amy Sedaris and is like, oh, I need a Mandalorian. She's like, oh, there's there's a guy with a Mandalorian suit yonder. Did you clock the suit? Is that Boba Fett? It's Boba Fett's suit. It is Boba Fett's suit. I was like, this looks familiar, but I don't know. Um, and so he goes and finds uh, the uh, the dude with the Mandalorian suit, and it turns out to be Man Crush Monday, Timothy Oliphant. Yes. And you're like, that's not Boba Fett. That's not Boba Fett, but I'm okay with this. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Uh, he is one of those actors who, like, for some reason... Well, I mean... It could just be Hollywood in general, but like Hollywood actors, as soon as they grow like salt and pepper, they immediately like get 10 times more attractive. Only men though. Yeah. It's, it's, it is unfortunately the actors, uh, we have not yet reached the point where actresses can age gracefully in the same way and not feel the need to like Renee Zellweger their face. (laughs) I was going to say, uh, Meryl Streep and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis are trying their darndest, though. And I appreciate that. And we stand both. Snaps. S- snaps, snaps for to, both. Snaps to these old ladies and their Activia. <laughs> anyway, back to the Mandalorian. And so he's like, oh, I need the suit. Uh, you know, I need to find other Mandalorians. He's like, what oh, is I'm... the C-3PO movement you're doing? Because uh, this is how I channel my Star Wars knowledge. <laughs> through via C-3PO, R2-D2. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't he like R2D2 screams, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and so he's like, Oh, you Mandalorian, I need to go find other Mandalorians. He's like, I'm not a Mandalorian. I just, the guy that was was here, I he, I got this. No, I got the suit from the Jawas. The Jawas. I, that's right, because he, like, he, they caught him and he was like, they wanted his, what is it, crystal? He was holding like crystals or something? And from the first season, yes. They, they had something. I don't, had something. That, that was like wanted. nine years ago in television land, but yes. And they, I've already forgotten it, and it's been like uh, maybe a week. Um, <laughs> and so he gets Bubba Fett's armor, and he's like, okay, I'll give it to you, uh, but you have to help me out because our outpost is being terrorized by this giant sand dragon monster. And it is enormous. It's like something out of Doom. Yeah. Dune? Dune. 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 It was um, the production, like that goes into these shows, are like, I don't need to go to a movie theater. I guess this works. This is pretty badass. Um, television shows are <laughs> have a new level. They need, all need that Disney money. It's all, it's all that Disney money. But um, so they go through. They defeat the sandworm. They kill the sandworm, and with the help of I think the sand people, or is it the Jawa? Not the Jawa. The Jawa, the Jawa are the little, the little, little gremlin people. No, it's the sand people. The sand people. Because they like want to. They were, harvest. they were, they were two enemies, and they came together to Correct. to fight. And uh, with the deal that like they, the sand people get to keep the carcass or something like that. Yes, and then they get their information. They get to have the Boba Fett's armor. They get yeah. So he he fulfills his deal, end of the deal. He gets the armor, and then gets like intel that like oh. Go here. Go here. <laughs> Look over there. Yeah, look over there. <laughs> and um, and so that ends episode one. So then we start. Oh, and hold on. Important fact that you probably didn't catch up on. Um, the end of the episode, you see Boba Fett. 
Did I not remember? Did I not see this? You did not see that? Well, because he wasn't in his armor and he probably didn't know who it was, but it was definitely Boba Fett showing up to the town to get his armor. It's oh. important information for later. You're welcome. Okay. You'll forget it in like the five months it takes you to watch this season. Okay. <laughs> I'll remind you again when we get there. Deal. Episode two. The important things you need to know is that what does Baby Yoda like to eat? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I literally put down, fucker eats frog legs or frog eggs. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. But yes, yeah, so the second episode, I guess, like, for... Uh, he has to, like, transport Frog Lady and her frog eggs to prevent her, her species from dying, I suppose. Yeah, because there's they not think, that many, and she needs to have her eggs fertilized. Yes, by her husband, who's, like, somewhere else, and he says that, oh, the other Mandalorians are here, so you should come with me and deliver my eggs. Although, unbeknownst to her, Baby Yoda is just, like, straight up snacking on those fuckers. Just like, I was like, ah, he just ate the baby. <laughs> just ate the fucking frog the egg. Ah. No. <laughs> and not only, he fucking eats the spiders. They, they weren't even the spiders. They were, like, the remnants of, like, the spider egg, like, the, the eggs it's that like hatched. It's like the embryo things. It was the spider, the eggs that hatched, and they're, like, He's just like, mm, just I'm going to, I'm going to, does the baby not eat much? Like, like, is he being like neglected? Do we have to call CPS on the Mandalorian? Like, <laughs> I mean, every time he try, he always feeds him soup whenever they're somewhere. He goes in a bowl of soup for the kid. Oh well, yeah. But like, but I mean, maybe he's like, or maybe he just doesn't know what to feed him because he is an Unknown species. Yeah, so he's like, I'll feed you soup because I don't know what else to feed you. But he's like, no, I want well, fucking I mean, babies. Well, <laughs> feed I me mean, babies. Granted, though, I mean, like in the first season, we did see, the, see him eat like an entire frog. Oh my god, he did eat a frog! What the fuck is up with this thing? Um, They eat frogs in France. Uh, yeah, but still, it's weird. <laughs> and at least it has butter. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're in the middle of space, usually in deserts. There's not a lot of butter to go around. That, I mean, you make do with what you got. I'm, you do I'm what sure. you got to do. Um, so, but yeah, so they so they transport Frog Lady and her frog eggs, and they get uh, like they get like pulled over <laughs> by uh, a bunch of like uh, are they rebels? They're um, in the X wings, right? Yes. So they are the rebels, right? Yes. Yes, <laughs> and they're like uh, you. You need to, like, we need to make sure that you're not, like, uh, from the Republic and you need to turn on this, like, beacon thing. And he's like, sure. Oh, no, it's not working. Oh, sorry, buddy. Bye. But they're like, mm, no, we need to take you in. Blah, 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 blah. So he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> and so they, like, they chase after him and they end up on, like, a frosty planet and he, like... Hoff 2.0. Right. And he, he, like, shakes them loose by, like, crashing into a mountain, kind of. He on like, accident. Uh, sort of on accidentally on purpose because he's like, oh, this will do. Yeah. And so, like, then he's trying to, like, get away and they end up, like, sinking into, like, a cavernous, like, the, the ship's kind of busted and now they need to, like... Frog Lady takes a bath. Frog Lady takes a bath in, like, spring water and uh, <laughs> I was half expecting, like, because they were, like, she was, like, bathing with her eggs just, like, yeah. kind of floating around in the hot bath and I was like, oh, God, baby, I was just going to, like, fucking jump in and, like... <laughs> and just, like, gobble down the eggs right in front of this bitch. And he was, like, at the edge of the water, like... <laughs> uh, her frog legs! <laughs> uh, but 
No, he's just like, no, nah, I'm not going to eat the frog legs because daddy told me not to. I'm going to eat these fucking spider leg, uh, spider eggs I in this like cavern. I feel like it wasn't daddy told me not to because he doesn't care. He's more like, don't eat the that, f- that, that woman will kill yeah, me. Do not eat this in front of this lady. Let's try this cuisine instead. <laughs> and then Ar- Aragog shows up. From, For real. You're like, what? Giant spider. So then they're trying to run away from Giant Spider, and then the uh, Rebel guys come back and save the day as they're getting ambushed with spiders all over their yeah. the the ship. And then and they said, "Hey, you helped us out before. We cool. Don't expect it again." Yep, absolutely. They're like, "You did all these bad things, but then you did a couple of these good things, like really, really good things." So, so we didn't him. see anything. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And then he's like, "Okay, cool." And then now they're off to deliver Frog Lady. And so they deliver Frog Lady, right? Do we see Frog Lady delivered? No, the last thing I saw was they just uh, they they're take just, off. They're just taking oh, off. Spoiler alert: They deliver Frog Lady in the second in the next episode. I mean, it's that a would major be the watch. plot point that happens in the first like two minutes of the episode. Yeah, I I would expect as much. I would have if that did not happen. I would I would suspect some complete fuckery to happen. I was gonna say, did you not realize that the new season was Mandal- the Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, and the Frog Lady? <laughs> the Frog Lady. <laughs> What is it? Uh, and and it's, it heard constantly like beating off the beating baby, off baby Yoda from eating her children. Yeah, and it, I mean, and they all have like a, it suddenly becomes one division. They have like a eighties like theme song at the beginning of the episode. They all do like a the freeze frame high five and yes. And so now we have played catch up with JJ. So then I will try to see if I can catch up and get episode three. I have zero expectations. We will tune in next time. <laughs> tune in next week and see if JJ caught up or if we're skipping that segment. And, it's, and JJ plays catch up becomes JJ gets shamed. No, I will try. Shame. 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 Oh, did you hear that George R. R. Martin got a whole, like a whole bunch of like HBO like contracts? Of course he did because he'll do anything but finish the goddamn book. <laughs> yep. He's already like working on spinoffs. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, no, he's I. I regret reading these books now. Because <laughs> you're like, I'm never gonna. It's been like fifteen years. Yeah. And I'm only probably slightly exaggerating. <laughs> no, I think you're on. I think you're right. <laughs> it's been about like a decade and a half. Because I know I I bought my brother like the full series at that point. Okay. And it did not include the last book. Okay, A Dance with Dragons was the last one that came out in 2011. It's been 10 years. Yeah. I read this, this series 10 years ago. And we still have two books that are supposed to come out that I think he just stopped writing. I mean, the last time I read an article about him during the pandemic, he was like, I've written lots. <laughs> Sure, for television. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 he he says it's for this book, but it's not. It's he's going to die, and there's just going to be like a little scroll that like is like unraveled that will tell like what his actual plot line was for that, and that's what we're going to get. I'm surprised he hasn't died yet. Wee! I mean that with respect, but he, he, he <laughs> the, the man is old. The man has lots of heart problems, and I know that was a fear for a while that he was going to die before. I think it, it's still. Yeah. He's going to die before this book comes out. 
For sure. He still may live another 20 years, but he'll die before the next book comes out. We are at Let's Recap. We played Recap with uh, what JJ was supposed to watch at a normal time. But let's recap on the fun things. The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Which we I have watched. Which I, you watched because I literally showed up at your, like, I showed up yesterday for us to do stuff. And I was like, so we're, we're going to watch, we're watching episode two of Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Because you didn't watch it yet. <laughs> and we did. I did watch the first one on my own. Thank I you. I was so impressed. Thank I you. was so proud of you. Thank you. And I know that we've said this before that, like, how, like, surprised we were on how, like, good this, like, season has has become has started like oh I yeah no. in, i was not anticipating like oh okay like i'm gonna feel things now oh yeah no i 100 <laughs> percent was like i'm gonna enjoy wandavision because it's sitcoms and i like sitcoms and i'm gonna enjoy the loki show because tom hiddleston <laughs> uh, he breathes and i'm like yeah give that man an emmy <laughs> um but i was like this was the show i was honestly like i'll watch it I'll enjoy it, but I'm not going to be like, this is going to be what I'm going to be talking about forever. It's going to be, this is my transitional, okay, I'm going to watch these six episodes so I can get to the next point. Yeah. Like, not even it was going to be a slog. I thought it was going to be like, okay, this is going to be the one where they're going to be like, look at our budget, look at all the action, especially because one division had less of the action stuff. Mm. And it's going to be explosions and blow ups and all of that is still there, plus a plot line. And like... Like, social commentary and, like... Like, not even low-key. Like, it is in your face. Like, high-key, like, oh, this is really fucked up that that's happening right at this moment. So, let's hit the major social justice issues, uh, which is the struggle of being a black man in America. You can't even be a fucking Avenger and get, like, privileges and be black. (laughs) No. Can you get a loan? No. No. Um, can, can you, you talk loudly with your white friend across, you know, in the street without having several cops? Yeah, three police cars show up in the middle of it to be like, hey, is white he man, bothering you? is he bothering you? Are you having issues? <laughs> Do we need to take him in? Oh, 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 you're an Avenger. I didn't recognize you without your goggles. Right. You're in your civilian clothes. Oops. Because all black people look the same. Uh, absolutely. Like you were just, uh, you're just a token black man in this moment. And then to even further that the amazingness of how they're taking this is to take um, the Isaiah Bradley character, who, which I have... Uh, Admittedly, just learned I am a not a. I have read all the comics, comic book nerd. I understand and hear the lore and I follow along where I can, but um, I only have so many hours in my day, and that's what I have to cut out to make this happen. Um, but there is in 2011, or let me see, I wrote a note. Uh, 2003 was when the book dropped for that introduced Isaiah Bradley as Black Captain America. Which also, I thought it was fun that to have that knowledge now and then to have Falcon make the joke of, I'm not Black Falcon, I'm just Falcon. Mm-hmm. What are you, Black Kid? Black Kid. <laughs> like, oh, my race shouldn't matter of the mantle that I take on. And the fact that they're like, oh no, this is Black Captain America. He's not Captain America, he's the Black Captain America. And for him to go through, and he was got his super soldier serum through experimentation, not a volunteer thing because they killed the dude who made Steve Rogers serum. Mm-hmm. So they never had a perfect balance of it. And so they experiment on 
a bunch of black men and Isaiah Bradley was the one who was the success. And so they utilized him for all of the missions that were far too dangerous and too um, horrible for regular people. Like he even says in the episode, uh, they sent me after you, after the Winter Soldier, because he, all of the regular people kept getting killed. killed yeah. And they're like, well, we'll send you off because if you die, oh well. Uh, oops. <laughs> Another person dead, I guess. We'll try again later. So um, what I don't think from what I understand in the comics, though, is that there isn't this... 30-year prison sentence or it wasn't explored or talked about so i'm really curious to see where that where that goes about and i'm hoping that we explore and live with this character for a while because i think it's important to have and um and to have that commentary of like because this this is kind of tapping into like um those famous like tuskegee studies that were there were a bunch of like experiment social experiments done I also like the fact that the, their approach to Bucky and his uh, kind PTSD. of PTSD, uh, because that's uh, that's something that we don't get a lot in a lot of, um, I think more so now, but like uh, it's been historically a, a very uh, kind of hush hush topic amongst uh, you know when you're dealing with ex military. Um, people and their, you know, the the sh- quote unquote shell shock. It's, yeah. it's. It, I'm glad that they're like showing him going through therapy, and the therapist is a boss ass bitch and takes oh, yeah. no shit from him. Oh yeah, no, she is. She understands where he's coming from because she says that she was a soldier herself. Because she was a soldier, soldier herself. And so yeah. she she understands the tough love that she needs to give him. And I think that, especially in the second episode, we see that he does respect her because as soon as she says, okay, we're going to do this, he's like, okay, that's fine. Whereas with, if Sam said, hey, we're going to do this, he's like, no, fuck you, yeah, we're not I'm doing not. this. I'm going to do my own thing. But this woman is like, we're going to we're gonna come, we're going to sit down, and we're going to talk this out. And he's like, Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to give you crap because that's who I am, but I'm still going to sit down and listen because I respect what you're doing. Yeah, and doing all, like, the steps that he, that he trying to make re- the quote-unquote, re- uh, was it the reparations for, yeah. and, like, the the old, the, the old Asian man, and, like, he he's like, oh, he's just this cute Asian man he's, like, hanging out with, how adorable, but then, like... And you're like, oh, no, that's the father of the man he killed. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, he's trying to, you know, make up for the, the fact that he killed his son, and you're like, ah, the feels. Well, and then, like, the poignancy of, like, when Sam and Bucky are in that, that session together, um, that they have to have this impromptu session because um, fuck new Captain America who's like, but Bucky doesn't need this therapy shit. Like, I need him to fight for me. God, I know. And the like, f- but <laughs> the caucasity of it all. <laughs> <laughs> but any, but to sit down and have them sit there and to find out that Bucky's big hangup on all of this is that I don't think that like you giving away the shield isn't. Like, I'm not seeing it through your perspective because I need you to be like, I'm ready to take up this mantle because Steve saw that in you. And if he was wrong about you, he was wrong about me being a good person. And And I cannot deal with that. And if Steve was wrong, like, everybody else is definitely wrong because Steve was my best friend and he knew me better than anybody. And if he was wrong about me being good, then I'm I'm garbage. Then I am a a horrible thing that... That did all these, that doesn't deserve the forgiveness that he's been given. So, we're two episodes in, and I'm already like, Like, I care more about these characters than I ever thought I would ever ever thought you would. Like, and 
Thank you for whoever decided to cut Bucky's goddamn hair. <laughs> I literally had uh, somebody text me and was like, I literally had to rewatch the like that episode, like or the start of that episode, a couple of times because I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" And <laughs> <laughs> like, that Bucky, that Bucky doe, because he looks so good, <laughs> looking like a. Snack. Well, he had to. He, he got to cut his hair because he's not living in Wakanda anymore. Nope. And when we saw him again, it was right after the snap. So he came back and was like, "Still got my long luscious locks." Um, but, and as much as I'm going to give him crap, I still, like, the, the new Captain America man, that's his name, Walker. I uh, want to say Johnny Walker, but that is an alcohol. <laughs> I think it is John Walker, though. I think it is John, John Walker. Walker. <laughs> um, he has the most punchable face because it's of that. that big ass chin. <laughs> that, that big ass Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell chin. chin. <laughs> you you would have thought that some of, like, uh, Goldie Hawn's, like, features would have, like, helped soften that, but nope. It's like, it's all, it's like Goldie Hawn up here, Kurt Russell from the nose down. Yes. <laughs> and that Kurt Russell chin, I want to punch. I want to punch it so hard from the minute he walked out of there and, you know what? I saw what you were trying to do, Marvel. I saw you trying to make me feel for this guy and his token black sidekick, but I saw through you. I was like, no, Mm-mm. he's an ass. Not today. Not today, Satan. Not, <laughs> not today. Not today, Satan. Um, he is still, he's going to be either just a thorn in my side, and by my side, I mean Sam and Bucky, but I'm pretending I'm just as important <laughs> as they are, or he is going to go, like, full Hail Hydra. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Um, whether it be Hydra or... That has, I think that's else. happened in the comics. Um, it was Steve Rogers, Captain America, yeah. now, and he went full, uh, it was... It, it, that was a plot line because I remember it happening and I almost made somebody in the Disney store cry because I was talking about it. Yeah. I don't know if it was like, it, if it was like one of those alternate earth dealies or a, a weird like parallel universe where like he, or like, I know that, isn't Marvel doing like a what if uh, series? It wasn't a part of the what if series. I know I thought it was supposed to be like canon, but I don't know if it was like multiverse canon or not. You know what? Listeners. <laughs> We have an email. <laughs> um, That's right, we do. We have an email. Nobody asked our opinion at gmail.com. Send us an email if you have more comic book knowledge than we do, which is literally anybody who's read a comic book. Because <laughs> we know nothing. <laughs> so if you, uh, you have information on this uh, Captain America was a Nazi thing, Send it in, and we'll read your uh, your email on the pod, and we'll discuss, because we like learning things. Email us if you have any other comments about any of the other topics that we've discussed. If you have opinions on Drag Race, if you also think it's weird that Baby Yoda eats fucking everything. But don't spoil The Mandalorian, please, because there's a big thing that happens at the end, and JJ somehow avoided it. So please don't talk about the last episode, or even the second to last episode, because <laughs> I, I, I don't ruin this for him, even though he... Really has it coming. <laughs> um, oh, we do have a couple more things to talk about of what's coming up in the world of movies and things. Um, I will say I watched the Suicide Squad trailer as um, being directed by James Gunn. I am optimistic? Question mark? High pitch? 
Um, because the trailer looks really good, but the trailer for the original Suicide Squad movie looked really good, and that was garbage. That was garbage, mama. But this one looks like it's going to be better. Um, I and this is I a feel reboot. Like it's a reimagining of the of the first movie. It's like a soft reset. But the other movie is still technically canon. How it's fun. from what I understand. Neat. Like they're not discrediting the first one, but they're not calling this Suicide Squad two either. <laughs> Got it. It's like when the Fast and the Furious decided that it was going to be cool by calling one of their movies Fast and the Furious and the other one was The Fast and the Furious. Oh, sure. Don't ask me which one came first or in what order. Maybe we'll watch those series. Like, actually, Didn't we kind of try? We kind of tried and we pitted off at like six. Seven? Six? I know that we didn't get to the where The Rock was in it. Did, did, I don't know. <laughs> That's a producer question. We've watched <laughs> uh, Rock comes in number five. Yeah, I don't think we even got Did that far. Did we watch Fast Five? I could have swore we watched. I know we watched Through Tokyo Drift, and we watched, which is three. I know we watched four because we were like, "Oh, this takes place in a different timeline." Because that guy's supposed to be dead. Maybe we did stop, and we're gonna watch five, and we just didn't. Yeah, that could be it. But um, so it's so Suicide Squad's gonna be kind of like that. The trailer looks great. It's gonna be rated R, and the trailer definitely lets you know that. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um. I'm optimistic, I think, that this will be a halfway decent show. <laughs> or I say show, like everything's just a TV show now. <laughs> I can watch everything from, like, I mean, it's going to be released on Which HBO TV Max. Um, it's owned by WB. It'll be on HBO Max. I can watch it from my living room if I want, or even my bed with my computer. We'll see how I feel that day when it goes to theaters. <laughs> <laughs> So that's going to wrap up this week of Nobody Asked Our Opinion. Uh, We will be airing episodes twice a week. So we will have um, our generic pop culture fun that airs on Wednesdays like you just listened to. And on Fridays, we are going to be doing a deep dive into different movie franchises. So we have decided that we are going to start with the Spider-Man franchise, not just Marvel, but also the Sony uh, Spider-Man movies. So we are starting with uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, and we are doing a deep dive with that on Friday. So we will be talking about our thoughts and our opinions and our excitement about everything that has happened with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and how it's held up since 2002. Yeah, and then we'll go kind of one one movie at a time through the Andrew Garfield's uh, Spider-Man movies and then going through the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, probably culminating with the new uh, Tom Holland third Spider-Man movie. Well, that doesn't air until December. We're not going to We're not going to go that far. We're not going to make it. We will cover that when we get there. <laughs> when maybe. we get there, maybe. No, we will end it with Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, right, yes. Because if we're if you're making me sit through Spider-Man 3, we have to finish with Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> to get the taste out of your mouth, yes. I get it. So it'll I be the it. first installments of each of the new Spider-Men, and then the second installments, then we'll sit through Spider-Man 3, so you don't have to, unless you want to watch along with us, and then Into the Spider-Verse. And um, so if you would like to follow us, please, on our social media accounts, we are at... Nobody asked our opinion on Instagram. 
Our YouTube page is Nobody Asked Our Opinion Podcast. You can follow us individually. JJ is... I'm at the piano man underscore oh five. And I am Joey Snow, no W 2006 on Instagram. And our uh, social media liaison, uh, Natalia, who is our unpaid intern. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at the creatives assist. And you can see all of the great things that she is creating. Um, big thank you to our wonderful producer, Jonathan, who um, makes sure we stay on track and, you know, actually gets this uploaded because <laughs> Lord knows I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thanks for joining. And we will be around on Friday for our deep dive into our franchise. And remember, send us an email at nobodyasktheiropinion at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Ooh, that harmony, though. <laughs> <laughs>